It's 8 o'clock on today. Coming up, lying in state, mourners lining up outside St. Peter's Basilica to pay their respects to Pope Emeritus Benedict. We're live from the Vatican with the latest. Then today, Trailblazer, we remember Barbara Walters and the impact she had breaking barriers and broadcasting, including here on Today, as we look back at her life and legacy. Plus, new year, new outlook. Whether you've already made a resolution or just looking for a little inspiration. And I have heard that voice in my head every time I have hesitated to try something new or make a change. And I would ask that question to anyone. What are you waiting for? Harry Smith sits down with a real expert to discover how you can reset for the year ahead. And starting the year right, Miley Cyrus and Dolly Parton team up to bring down the house. Their duet instantly going viral as we kick off the year in a big way. Today, Monday, January 2nd, 2023. We surprised Michelle. With a trip to New York for my 50th birthday. Here from Coney, Alabama, Sioux City, Iowa, Greenville, South Carolina, and Denver, Colorado. It's our first time in New York City. From Billings, Montana, to my sister watching in New Orleans. We love you, Donna. From San Antonio. Just me. And here on our honeymoon. And welcome back to today. We're glad you're with us on this first Monday of the new year. Savannah, Hoda, and Craig, the gang will all be back tomorrow. Until then. Squeezing out one more day. Cousin Eddie still sleeping (laughs) on the couch, guys. I'll be here all week. No, I won't. They're back, I promise. Uh, Also coming up tomorrow on today, our go-to fitness expert, Stephanie Mansour, will be here sharing January's Start Today Walking Challenge. Make sure your year begins on the right foot. Absolutely. But we'll begin this half hour with your news at eight. Ancient rituals of mourning are being observed at the Vatican leading up to this week's funeral of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. NBC's Molly Hunter joins us from Vatican City, where Benedict is now lying in state. Molly, good morning. Chanel, good morning to you. That's right. His body is lying in state just behind me at St. Peter's Basilica. His body was moved in private, we understand, early this morning. I can, you can see the huge crowds. This is actually the line snaking in, moving quite quickly to get inside. We've been talking to people who've been coming out. They say, actually, inside the room, you have about 30 seconds to say your final prayers, your final goodbyes. Now, Roman authorities estimate that some 30,000 people are going to try to get inside every single day until the funeral on Thursday. Now, the funeral itself, Chanel, will happen right out here in St. Peter's Square. It will be presided over by Pope Francis. That is a situation that we have not seen in more than 600 years. Now, Benedict leaves behind a very complex, controversial legacy. He was a traditionalist who broke with thousands of years of tradition, centuries of tradition, I should say, to retire in 2013. But right now, Pope Francis is urging the faithful, are urging the faithful to come together with one heart and one soul. Chanel? Molly, thank you. Now to a story about the most damaging spy you've probably never heard of. NBC's chief foreign affairs correspondent Andrea Mitchell joins us with a look at the extraordinary case of Anna Montez. Andrea, first of all, Happy New Year. This is wild. Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year to you. And this is an amazing story indeed. Uh, To her colleagues, Anna Montez was the queen of Cuba, a top Cuba analyst for the U.S. government. Montez led a double life moonlighting as a spy for Fidel Castro, 
undetected by fellow intelligence officials or close family members, even several who worked for the FBI. Now, a new book reveals just how much damage she did to America's national security, with Montez scheduled to get out of prison this coming week. The most damaging female spy in American history, Anna Montez, a top Cuba analyst for the U.S., betrayed her country secretly working for Fidel Castro. Her story profiled in the new book, codenamed Blue Wren. How did she become such a security threat to the United States? She worked for almost 17 years for the Defense Intelligence Agency. The entire time, she was a recruited spy for Havana, probably the greatest spy Cuba has ever recruited. Born to Puerto Rican parents, Montez studied in Spain in 1977, befriending another American student, Mimi Colon. What was Ana Montez like? She was fun. Spain was a hotbed of left-wing protests, with Montez voicing contempt for her homeland. Montez joined the Justice Department in 1980, obtaining a top-secret clearance. Recruited by Cuban intelligence, say investigators, she visited Cuba in 1985. After telling Mimi Colon about her trip, Montez abruptly ended their friendship. We used to write to each other all the time, and her letters suddenly stopped. I was like, what happened? Montez's career skyrocketed. By day, she memorized a wealth of classified material. By night, at home, she typed that information into her laptop, saving it on disks for her Cuban handlers, according to investigators. All this while four of her family members were working for the FBI, including her sister Lucy, assigned to a unit targeting Cuban spies. But none knew about her double life. In 1996, Cuban MiGs shot down two small planes piloted by Cuban exiles from Miami. Montez reported to work, and investigators say took a call, became agitated, and left early. A colleague got suspicious and told investigator Scott Carmichael, who questioned Montez. I developed some concerns that she was holding back on me. It took four years to connect the dots, after the FBI realized there had been a mole visiting the U.S. naval base at Guantanamo Bay. Anna's name popped up on my screen. I knew in my gut that she was the spy that they were looking for. FBI searches of her home turned up a spy nest, a shortwave radio, a laptop with messages to and from her handlers, details about a top-secret defense program, and the true identity of a U.S. spy in Cuba who Montez had outed. Montez was arrested after 9-11. She had been an easy target for Cuban recruiters, says her former roommate. They got to her at the right time, and that is so sad. Montez pleaded guilty to espionage in 2002. After serving 21 years of her 25-year sentence, she's expected to be released from prison this coming week and will remain on probation for five years. According to the book, the double agent offers no apologies, writing in a letter from prison, I don't owe allegiance to the U.S. or to Cuba or to the Castro brothers or even to God. Jacob? Wow, extraordinary. Like something out of a movie. Andrea, thank you so much. All right, just ahead, everybody, the just-released list of the greatest singers of all time, according to Rolling Stone, and the big debate that, of course, it's already sparking. But first, we'll celebrate the groundbreaking influence of broadcasting icon Barbara Walters with a special look at the history she made right here on Today, right after this. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. 
with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed we are back at 8 13 with a new tribute to the life and legendary career of Barbara Walters. It began, as a matter of fact, right here on Today. First as a writer in 1961 when Dave Garraway was the host, and then as a reporter. Barbara Walters liked to say the on-air deal she got was for 13 weeks, and she ended up staying for 13 years. Mm -hmm. From fashion to first families to reporting from the rotunda at President Kennedy's funeral, Walters blazed a trail for all women as the first female co-host of Today in 1974. She'd go on to mark many firsts, including the first to report from behind the Iron huh. Curtain and the first to land an interview with President Richard Nixon. Here is a look back at some of Barbara Walters' iconic moments here on Today. I was hired as a writer on the Today Show. The program began to use me as the Today reporter. They sent me to Paris to cover the couture shows. So fasten your seatbelts, I'll put on my glasses and we're off to Paris. I was so thin. I think I was copying Audrey Hepburn. I think I was kind of cute. Does the palace feel like home to you? I did a very touching and rather difficult interview with Princess Grace of Monaco. I must ask you the question that most Americans want to know about you. Are you happy? I suppose I have a certain peace of mind, yes. Difficult, because it was like pulling teeth. We are here live, and it is at, the, at President Nixon's personal invitation. Good morning, Mr. Well, President. Well, good morning, Barbara. I did political interviews. I did almost every president. But what about cabinet members' wise, Mr. President? I did quite a few interviews with Richard Nixon, who, who rather favored me. I dodged your question. You certainly have. I did the first interview when Jimmy Carter was announcing. Would you accept a woman vice president? Are you happy about this wedding? Oh, indeed, indeed. I did movie stars, and I did the tea-pouring segments. I didn't mind doing the fashion shows. Right now, what was the most difficult period of your life? Little by little, I did fewer of the tea pour and more of the black coffee interviews, let's say. There might be some possibility of the Queen abdicating at some future date for her son. She is still such a young woman. Gods who have been guarding the casket of President Kennedy. Today, the women in China speak of their total equality with the men. But it isn't total, and there are still some jobs that are considered women's work. But I was not a co-host. Superman, welcome to our program. That's Superman? Thank you. Women were not co-hosts then. I was the third member of the cast. 
How difficult was it to move from wearing the bunny outfit and doing the fashion spots to interviewing heads of state and covering the resignation of the president? Man, why, when he had it all, did it happen? In a strange way, it was easier because you could, you know, you, you could follow everything through. You could write it, you could edit it, you could, you could then put it on the air and see it completed. We have more. <laughs> I find in this business there are no people more supportive of women than women. Every woman on the Today Show is now a co-host. That's my legacy. Times have changed. This program has changed. Women in television today no longer have to begin as I did. And I'm happy for whatever small contribution I've made towards this change. I love you all. I will miss you all. This is Barbara Walters and the Today Show. Incredible. Not, not, no question about it. Well, someone who knew Barbara very well is with us now by phone, award-winning journalist and longtime friend of today, Joan London. It's an honor to have you on this morning. Joan, good morning. Good morning, Joan. Uh, it's my pleasure to be with you to, to reminisce about Barbara. Absolutely. I, we had it on the show a little earlier this morning. Oprah Winfrey has said that, you know, we all stand on her shoulders, particularly as, you know, broadcast journalists and as, and as women. Tell us about the impact that she had on you and so many other women in this industry. Well, I started uh, co-hosting uh, at Good Morning America in the late 70s, and I became the host co-host full-time in 1980. That's when I met her. I was 29 years old. Mm. And the very first time that we met, she was scheduled to do a primetime special, uh, special, and she was coming on to promote it. And I got the interview, and I was so nervous. Mm. She'd been my idol, and she instantly in that that day became my mentor. Mm-hmm. And I don't even remember who the celebrities were on that primetime special. What I remember is that she pulled me aside after the interview and she said, you're going to hear from women all over the country that say you're not getting enough interviews. Mm-hmm. You know, you should be able to start the show because I had the same parameters with my male co-host that she had had at the Today Show. Mm-hmm. You can't open the show. You can't close the show. You have to wait until the male asks, you know, two, three questions. Mm-hmm. And she said, don't listen to them. You just keep your head down. You take every small assignment that they're willing to give you and make each one of those shine. Mm. Make them memorable. Make them great. That is how your star will rise. And then she said, and I'm going to give you one other piece of advice. Send thank you notes. She said, everybody always wonders why I get these big interviews. She said, when I see in Variety that some celebrity has been, some actor has been, cast into a movie or to a Broadway show, I immediately write them (laughs) and say, this is fantastic. You're perfect for this role. I hope the production goes well, and I can't wait to see the end project product. And she said, so was it a big surprise that when the movie came out, they called me because Mm. I had already established the relationship. That's why I got the interview and nobody else. Mm. What an incredible, sorry. She went the extra mile. Yeah. Joan, I wanted to ask you, because just hearing that story, listening to the story of a 29-year-old Joan London meeting Barbara Walters, the icon and the legend, we keep hearing she was so fiercely competitive, but also would bring in so many women, take them under her wing and basically mentor them and nurture them. What do you attribute that to? Mm. Well, I certainly have never known anyone else in my entire life that it was as fiercely competitive as Barbara. And she could just love you to death. But if she if she had to go to battle with you to get a certain story, forget it. She was she would win, period. But she was almost equally as fierce in her mm. desire 
to help young women. I mean, she was almost motherly with me. And and she did it with the interns in the office, with everyone. And, you know, she would write thank you notes, not just to the celebrity that she just interviewed, but to every all the other young women that were there and part of it. So she, we all, she paved the way for every single woman. Someone wrote me yesterday on Facebook and said, um, you know, it's so sad that Barbara Walters has passed, but as I watch you, you are an example mm. of her legacy. Mm. And I was like, I like stopped and I looked at that and I said, not just me, like every single woman on air Absolutely. today. But I got to tell you, she, it wasn't just women. She taught the male reporters at the same time because she just raised the bar for the entire industry as to how to get the interview and how to write the, the best interview possible because she, and she was a workaholic, and mm. she wouldn't mind me calling her that. But it did come, though, at a really high price to her personally, in her marriages and with her daughter. I mean, you know, we sat every, you know, every morning that she co-hosted with me during the commercial breaks. We would just talk as two women. Mm. And, and her biggest regret was not not having spent more time with her daughter because she was just so laser-focused on her career and it was, you know, the t- t- Today Show. I remember, because when I started out, I was at a local affiliate, an NBC affiliate in Sacramento, and I produced and anchored the new news. And part of my job was to watch the Today Show mm-hmm. every morning with a stopwatch and get in times and out times from stories. And so I watched her every morning for like a year and a half before I ever came to New York. Mm-hmm. So she was my idol, and she was kind of teaching me before I even met her. Well, we're looking at these pictures of the two of you. I mean, we're all indebted to her. And you talk about, you know, the challenges that she faced. She trailblazed so that we could all be here today. Joe London, thank you so much. Appreciate uh, you, John. Beautiful memories. Uh, Thanks, guys. All right. Let's switch gears now and get another check of the weather from Dylan. Good morning again, guys. I want to just point out that in California, we've had about five to 10 inches of rain over the weekend. And with this next storm system making its way on shore, San Francisco will likely see more of this rain. So that is going to be the next big threat out in California. More flooding rain possible with the ground already totally saturated. And that's your latest forecast. All right. Double duty for Dylan this morning. Filling in for Carson on Pop Start. Let's do it. Triple D this morning. All right. First up, Miley Cyrus and Dolly Parton. They rang in the new year in style with Miley's New Year's Eve party, serving up incredible performances that have simply gone viral over the weekend. And as you can imagine, the duet had fans going wild was, well, it's Miley and Dolly's mm-hmm. rendition of Wrecking Ball rolling right into I Will Always Love You. I mean, two of the most what unique a cool voices. Epic. Epic. With the duet. I love and I remember it. watching it thinking, okay, Dolly is her godmom. For, for her, I hope she was really for Miley. What a beautiful moment right. that she'll always remember. Oh, sure, right? And now that? the kids they're going to love Dolly forever after oh, that. Yeah, oh, for sure. That's great. Um, all right. If you did not get to check out Miley's New Year's Eve party, it is streaming now on Peacock. So you'll have to check that out. Next up, we've got some exciting news. Hoda's original podcast, Making Space, it's coming back for a third season. In these brand new episodes debuting in just one week on January 9th, you'll join Hoda for heartfelt conversations that will leave you feeling inspired. Some of the guests this season include motivational speaker and author Mel Robbins, country icon. Conway Nona Judd and mm. so many more. 
Make sure you don't miss an episode by giving the podcast a follow. Search for Making Space with Hoda Kotb wherever you get your podcasts. And tune in tomorrow because we are going to have a listen to the new trailer for season three. I love that podcast. All right, coming up, some uh, inspiration. If you've made a resolution or set a goal for 2023, expert pointers on the best ways to reset for the year ahead. Don't go anywhere. What's so funny? Well, because the audience like, woo, woo. <laughs> they don't know whether they Chanel's should. talking trash. No, a little louder, no. please. A little louder, please. It was like they were trying to be polite. So they're like, well, then it's like, am I allowed to do it? Yeah, I know I'm really excited. You're certainly allowed to cheer. Absolutely. It's New Year. Especially for the two of them. All right. Well, we'd love to see this big, happy crowd kicking off the week with us after the holiday. Woo. <laughs> Speaking of the new year, guys, Harry Smith talked to Adam Grant, a famed professor and podcast host, about finding more motivation and meaning in our lives. This is so good. He's here to share the big takeaways that can help with your resolutions. You don't want to miss this. There's Harry. He's waiting for us in there. And then we are going to get some help dealing with holiday decorations. It's time to actually pack them away now. And there are ways to do it that can save you time, stress, and money for next holiday season. So right. stick around to find out. There's nothing better than packing up the decorations. Mine are done. Mine are all packed really? up. It's all cleared, oh vacuumed, all ready to go. Okay. Dylan Dreyer. You can't stop her. <laughs> it's Ollie's birthday today, though, oh, so I like oh. to have it all cleared Happy out. Birthday, before, Ollie. So. Yeah. Happy birthday, Ollie. Happy birthday, Ollie. Guys, plus I got to check out a real hot spot making some of New York City's best fried chicken. The man behind it has a really, really great yeah. story. It's no wonder his dishes have gone viral. Can't wait to share this with, uh, with all of you. And Sounds you guys. good. Well, on a different note, tomorrow we're going to break down a new report on the best diets for the year ahead. But right now, we have to mention something. Can we mention something? Even yeah. I'm so sad and I don't want to do it. Sal, come on down, guys. Where's Sal? Come on, Sal. So this Give is it up Sal for Sal, please. everybody. So this is why we have Sal out here today. So Sal has been a stagehand here at the Today Show for 14 years. Dang. 14 years. Older than, where's my little friend over there? Older than you little guys over there. <laughs> so after today, he's leaving Studio 1A, but thankfully he's not going far. He's heading across the street to be the head of props in Studio 6A. This is but exciting. we love you so much. It's going to be great. And now the end is near. Yes! Oh! And keep going, and keep sing. going. Sal is a performer. He's a singer. He's a Renaissance man. You make your sick. own pizza. He makes us concoctions. I make my own pizza. Pizza. I just want to say thank you guys yeah. and thank you to my Today Show family. I've been here for such a long time. And uh, I love y'all. All the great memories I had here. It's I won't be far. You did though. a musical yeah. with Kathy Lee Gifford. I did. I, did. I remember that. We love you, man. You want to throw it to Dylan for the weather? I know. Take it away. Love you, Seth. Dylan. Let's uh, take a look oh, at I the think uh, you're weather. Sing it to me. Let's take a look at the weather. Woo! Much better. That, that's how we need to do weather from now yeah. on. Uh, let's take a look at what is going on across the country uh, this month. And in fact, we are going to see warmer than average temperatures across a good part of the country. A little bit below average out west where, you know, the cloud coverage and the storms we've been seeing certainly will knock back temperatures. It's also naturally going to be wetter than average on the west coast, too. Also in and around the Great Lakes, down through the Ohio River Valley, pretty dry down through Texas. That's at least the forecast for January. Jacob, I see you've gained a friend. Who's that? Uh, hi, I'm Michelle, everybody. It's my 50th birthday. <laughs> Wish me a 50th birthday. We see birthday, the real Michelle. Michelle. Here's the real Michelle. There's the real Michelle. Even better in real life. Go. 
Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Michelle. <laughs> All right. Up next, Harry Smith is here to help make 2023 your best year ever. The advice about achieving your goals he picked up from renowned professor and best-selling author Adam Grant. We'll get to that in just a moment. But first, this is Today on NBC. We are back with Start Today on this first Monday of the new year. It's safe to say a lot of us are thinking about goals and things that we want to accomplish for 2023. Yep. Uh, well, who better than Harry Smith to be here with some inspiration? <laughs> no pressure. The man himself. <laughs> Change our year. Inspire exactly. us, Harry. <laughs> no, I mean, we, we would always do stories about resolutions. Yeah. You do them and not do them. But who better to go to okay. than one of the esteemed professors at a business school, no less? A lot of our audience has no idea who Adam Grant is. Okay. He is an amazing guy. We've talked to him a number of times before. His insights into how we work and what we do and what we aspire to be, well, just listen. In a time of year when people are thinking about, like, restarting, should people be scribbling things down on pieces of paper? I want to change this. I want to change this. I want a new job. This is a moment where the window of opportunity is open. We do know empirically that people are more likely to follow through on new plans when they're at a reset point during the year. And so the new year is an ideal moment where you feel like, okay, I haven't blown my resolution yet. Right? So there's, a, there's still a chance that I could follow through on that commitment. You're reminding me of um, my diving coach, Eric Best. I had a terrible time as a springboard diver motivating myself to try new dives. I would stand at the end of the board shaking and my teammates would get annoyed and Eric was very patient. And one day I was just standing there not willing to go. And he asked me, he said, Adam, are you going to do this dive? And I remember responding, ever? Yes, of course, one day I will do this dive. (laughs) And he said, great, then what are you waiting for? And I have heard that voice in my head every time I have hesitated to try something new or make a change. And I would ask that question to anyone. What are you waiting for? Wow. Is that a book? Is that a next book? It could be. Are you, right. Do you want to write it? <laughs> is it important for us to have goals? I don't want to abandon goal setting, but I think we need to be thoughtful about what goals we set and at what expense. There's extensive evidence that if you set difficult, specific goals, you will work harder and smarter and you will be more likely to achieve those goals. The danger is you might not like what you got. <laughs> One of the dark sides of goal setting is it leads to tunnel vision. And sometimes the goal that you thought you wanted stops you from pursuing the one that was much more important. And I I think we need to be cautious. Joy waxes and wanes. Values last. Who you want to be is going to be heavily shaped by what you think is important. And that means that if you need a foundation to make decisions from, having a sense of what matters to you, what do you think really counts in life, is a pretty decent place to start. I follow you on social media and I listen to your podcast. So much of the message is just being nice or treat the people around you in a better way as having all kinds of positive effects. You shouldn't need science to tell people that, right? But I think where the science gets really exciting is I've stumbled into all these interesting nuances that I didn't see before. People often talk about being nice and being kind um, as interchangeable. They are not. Being nice is making people feel good today. Being kind is doing what's going to help them do better tomorrow. And when people think about being nice, they shy away from having difficult conversations. They don't tell people hard truths. But it doesn't come without risk. It's a real test of a relationship, right? When you tell someone something that they need to hear, in your view, but do not want to hear. 
it's, it's like a high wire act sometimes, it feels like to me, because you just feel like, well, here's the status quo, and we can live with the status quo versus facing up to some unfortunate truth. I think that's accurate. I also think if you reflect on the moments where people did the most good for you, I am willing to bet you, Harry, that not all of those moments made you feel good in the moment. But you sure appreciated that they happened. 100%. And don't you want to pay that forward then? Totally. Along those lines, what's the power of thank you? That a little thanks literally goes a long way. When you show gratitude to somebody, you're actually motivating them to be kinder to other people and pay it forward, which is kind of exciting. And there's some brand new research uh, showing that it actually strengthens us physiologically. We are more resilient after being appreciated. When people feel valued, when they feel that they matter, that energizes them in all sorts of ways. That was great. So wow. the million reasons you want to just listen to this guy and hang out with him forever. I know why, by the way, he has a podcast. He has a mm-hmm. newsletter you can sign up for. Okay. You probably can't get into his class at work. Wow. <laughs> yeah. We, we that shot that story. That, we yeah, shot that story familiar. at Penn. That's I know. Right. Chanel could. Chanel I could. I could. Franklin. I'm yeah, sitting right. there listening yeah. to you guys it's talking. It's interesting because it's stuff that we've maybe heard before that makes sense, but in, mm-hmm. a, in a different way. The nice, kind connection. So, it's what fascinating. stuff he talks about is based on data. He's talking about what we've done studies about this. We know that, for instance, when you say thank you and somebody appreciates it, in the end of the day, that makes you more apt to be more grateful mm. to other people that mm. all this stuff, we pass it around mm. and then it starts to come uh, back. Yeah. It might be based in data, but the anecdotes were so relatable when he's talking about diving and saying, are you ever going to do this? He said, yeah. He goes, well, then what are you waiting for? Right? What are you waiting for? I love that story. We were inspired now. Thank you, Harry. Great, Harry. Thank you. I got to go write a book. Happy New Year. I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> what are you waiting for? I love that. Okay, so now that we're feeling inspired, we're going to get some help tackling what might be the biggest chore on your to-do list right now, putting away those holiday decorations. Do you let them sit for a while just because you don't feel like dealing with it? <laughs> yeah. We'll not tackle that. <laughs> well not today. What are you well waiting for? What are you waiting for? Put them away. This is Today on NBC. Alpha One Niner, commence Wi-Fi device checklist. Laptops on. TVs streaming. Game console consoling. Smart thermostat set for cuddle time. Doorbell camera Oh, my package is here. Fast, reliable, able to power tons of devices inside your home at once. All systems go, you are clear for takeoff. This is Xfinity Internet, Wi-Fi built to wow. And watch the short film, The Aviators, now playing at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Listen up, true crime fans. It's a big murder trial underway. This Dateline is launching a new podcast with Andrea Canning. Welcome to Dateline True Crime Weekly. We'll cover breaking crime news around I the mean, country. It is the twists, the turns, the With craziness. the best reporters on the case, NBC News analysts and Dateline producers on the ground. Break it down for us. Just You'll as get as fresh as insights and behind-the-scenes scoops from crime scenes to courtrooms. That is bizarre. Stay in the, the know and up yes, to date. So tell us what he said. It Follow Dateline True Crime Weekly to get new episodes starting Thursday. Wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome back with the holiday season now behind us. It's time to start taking your decorations down. I know, I know. It's time for me too. Uh, but what's the best way to store all of that stuff? So we have Lauren Iannotti here, editor-in-chief of Real Simple. She's here with the list of easy and affordable options. Lauren, good morning. Good morning to you, Snow. So this is one of those things where we've done surveys, we've talked to viewers. There are some people who wait until mid-January just because they don't feel like dealing with it or they don't have a place to put things. So this already is something that anybody can do. This is fun. This is fun time. Yeah. We're going to make it fun. And we're going to make it you can doable with stuff that you have around the house. You don't have to go out and buy a bunch of stuff. This is ideas, repurposing things. So, okay. for example, let's start with the ornaments, yes, right? let's make it fun. Make it fun, <laughs> all right? We're going to start with the small ornaments. We love using egg cartons, um, right? I mean, you just drop them in there. You close it up. You can lay them all flat horizontally on top of each other. It keeps everything safe. Keeps every, these are keeps precious things. Keeps it from breaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. That's Some of these might be antiques, you know? This is creative. Isn't this cool? So, um, for bigger ornaments, keep the cup holder from, you know, your coffee shop. Right. And then you can just lay the ornament in there. Or if you want a little extra padding, you can put coffee filters in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, to, it's it's your you know these might be antiques these might be you know and no, any time they drop you so so what do you put on t- on top you or just like lay them on top of each other so then you oh, just save them over the course of the year so this is what we want you doing we want you saving these over the course of the year okay remember when you had little kids or maybe you still yep. do and you did anyway yep. so then you, you have these things lying around and then you can use them and you're you know you're not dealing with all those little crumpled right, up pieces right. of uh, tissue paper or Lots, newspaper. It makes sense. Okay, this is interesting for lights because this is always a challenge. They always get tangled. Totally. I'm going to yeah. show you a trick. So, okay. so we love the idea of spooling lights. Okay. Um, so uh, you can buy these on Amazon. Um, they're inexpensive, but if you don't want to buy anything and you okay. want to, you know, repurpose, just take a piece of cardboard. Okay. Right. You can take it from that Amazon box from all those things that you ordered. <laughs> lots of Amazon boxes. And you're going to cut notches into it. Okay. Okay. And then you've got your own little spool. Oh, here. you're making and it. And you're going to just wrap your lights around it. You're making a spool, basically. Okay. And what that means is, you know, things are kind of a little bit more in order. We like to say, like, it real simple. You know, you're doing future you a favor. You know, it's <laughs> like, we don't want to be too high maintenance. But now when you take them out again, you're going to wrap, you know, get them around the tree without having to kind of, like, huff. Absolutely. You know, you know have to exactly. throw the bunch around exactly. to your partner over on the other and side. And this is so. something we can all do. Yep. Anybody what did you do say that? I like that. You're doing your future self a favor. Yeah. That exactly. goes with a lot of things. All right, let's totally. talk about the tree. Tree. So if you have an artificial tree, that's going to be the largest thing that yep. you have to store, right? And a lot of people buy like a great big zipper bag. We've got one of those here. Okay. Absolutely great. They work perfectly. If you don't want to buy a bag, mm-hmm. if you don't want to spend money on this, we just say take a big old trash bag. I mean, really? we're using, we're using okay. like a little kind of a ziggy tree here, but even as big as your tree is, you can take multiple trash bags put and just kind top. of put it across the top. Throw it on there. You're, what you're w- looking out for is like dust and moisture. Absolutely. So you're going to, you know, you kind of want to seal it off a bit. So and most of them have, because I know I'm this artificial woman. We'll the, demo the trees. To throw a bag they have the pieces. So they, they break into three pieces. So they're yep. shorter pieces. Totally. You all can right. also supplement with cling wrap. All right. Again, all I'm asking is that if people use use this plastic, they repurpose it after they use Fair it for enough. something else. Fair enough. But and that um, keeps it together. Yeah. You're not spending a dime on that. So what about like wreaths and garland, that kind of stuff? Awkward. Awkward yeah. shapes, um, harder to store, and again, also will collect dust. So so um, we love taking your um, dry cleaning bag. Okay. You know, so you can take the, the, you probably want to take the hanger right out of there. Mm-hmm. Take oh, the hanger right so out of there. Dry cleaning yep. bag. If you're hanging garlands, you can actually probably keep the hanger in there and hang the garland creatively oh, on there. Oh, yeah. But we're saving dry cleaning bags. You're going to put your put it over your thing, tie it off on both ends. Okay. Um, and one thing I just want to remind people is that these these uh, faux wreaths are probably not meant to hang year, like all year round. Okay. So you want to store them flat. It's, it seems oh, like a creative storage that. solution to like hang them right up. And right. we love creative storage solutions. They're real simple. But, but just kind of stack them up You kind of need to just stack them that way. Otherwise, okay. they could get kind of... Okay. Oh, well, my gosh. We only have like 30 seconds oh, left. Oh, okay. okay. So the pillow, oh, this is the thing. Because otherwise, they get dusty and all sorts oh, of stuff. Oh, and moisture yeah. and everything. Yeah. So you just, yeah. need, you just need plastic. You just got to get them in a plastic okay. bin plastic. This may be the place where you actually 
pay for something, we actually buy something. Because does this keep the moisture out? You got to keep the moisture out, okay. and you want to maybe throw some cedar chips in there and keep the moth uh, the moths away okay. as well. All right. And then last but not least, this is pretty cool. Isn't this amazing? Yes. Um, this just makes my heart sing. So how you know sewing wrapping makes your paper, heart sing. <laughs> wrapping paper, women's bows. You get it all in here. Um, you can put the this. seasonal stuff in here. You can also try for this is just an over any over the uh, door shoe holder. I love it. You can it. also use a hamper with some s oh a hamper s hooks, and you oh, hook everything that. on the side. Um, if you want things to be tidy oh, again, thank like, you. Lord. Do you, right? Yes. But if this is, if this is no, this is why we have you in our lives. I know that's what I never thought about this. All right. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> thank you, Chanel. All right. Up next, Jacob's visit with the sweet family story behind one of New York's biggest pandemic hits, the city's hottest fried chicken. Yum. But first, this is Today on NBC. We are back with Today Food and Harry's return for this one because we are talking about something just about everyone loves. Yep. A little fried chicken. Because I'm really good at it. <laughs> so, Jacob, we sent you on this scouting mission to, pl- to a place that's taking the dish to a new height. It, uh, like, beyond. Yeah. I needed Harry to hear about this. It yeah. is not a bad assignment. I went across the Brooklyn Bridge to a spot called Pecking House, which started as a pop-up known for its chili fried chicken. But mm. the more popular it got, the longer people were willing to wait. And before long, it was officially a viral hit. This busy kitchen is serving up some of New York City's best and insanely popular fried chicken, along with a touch of fine dining and family inspiration. You grew up in and around restaurants. Yes, my mother is, is sparse with the details, but it sounds like she gave birth to me and then went right back to work. So uh, I've pretty much been in a uh, restaurant my entire life. My family was in restaurants. You know, it's a very common part of the Chinese uh, immigrant story, coming here and opening a restaurant. Chef Eric Wong spent his childhood entrenched in his family's Chinese takeout restaurants on Long Island, fueling his passion to become a chef at some of the most elite kitchens in the country, like Cafe Boulud and Michelin star 11 Madison Park. But when the pandemic hit and restaurants were shuttered, he looked inward and honed his skills to highlight his roots. So the pandemic happens and instead of locking yourself down, you go into your family's historic kitchen, you start frying chicken, and what, you start delivering it to people in the city? I had this little Honda, and I had this kitchen out in Queens. It's 14 miles away from Manhattan. I knew no one was going to come out to us. So I just thought, like, hey, why don't I just drive meals to people and you know, promote it on Instagram, see what happens. And then the unexpected happened. His experimental pop-up became a food destination sensation and subsequently converted Maya Ferrante, a former co-worker, into a co-owner. I was managing the wait list, which was this massive Google sheet. And it was like, it was growing hundreds and hundreds of people every week. And uh, to the point where it was almost 10,000 people. I'm like, we need to figure it away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and people were willing to wait eight weeks. There were three other people in the kitchen and Eric and me. And we were all cooking. And then Eric and I would get in our cars, have separate deliveries. And we'd have a group of other friends who would help us deliver. And that's all we could scale. Today, now a permanent location in Park Slope, Brooklyn, the team serves up the same Szechuan-inspired fried chicken that put them on the culinary map, offering varieties like a spicy chili blend or salted egg batter, and paired with some rather high-end sides featuring ingredients like foie gras, duck heart gravy, or truffle aioli. Try it with the green garlic ranch. I tasted some of the other star dishes, like chili fried cauliflower and an heirloom butter bean salad. It was fantastic. Yeah. The flavor is insane. And immediately understood the hype. That's so good. We're trying to create really beautiful meals for people that aren't going to break the bank, 
and give people really beautiful ingredients and something special and create a hub in this community. It's cool now, we're reaching a really different audience, people who've never had it before. And so we're the very effusive people we get who are just like coming up to me at the pass and being like, wow, that was really amazing. Like, that's really touching. I used to just drop it off at a door and never see anyone like enjoy it. Is wow. your mouth watering yet? Oh, yes. yes. So the family legacy lives on in another way. The name Pecking House is an homage to the family restaurant, Peking House. And you guys are in luck because Chef Eric, er, Chef Yay! Eric, come on out. Yay! He's brought the goodies. He's got All the right. chili chick. What else? You Come and sit down, Chef. All what right, else you got? Thank you. Oh, right. Chili chicken. The, the chili fried chicken. It's oh, the original. And the salted egg fried chicken. Yeah, we're all just it's a little I want, Harry. I got to go with this one. I already did it. So whatever yeah. you guys want. So this is the chili? Yes, the uh, the violently red-looking one. So, yes. <laughs> Chef, what is it oh like to have oh some of the most popular fried <laughs> oh chicken oh. in New York City? Well, we're going to see how these New York re New Year's resolutions kind of work I out. Know, I know, right? It's kind of a tough sell right now, but uh, well, it feels good. It. Yeah. You think, hungry? You want some? Oh, uh, no, oh I can't really. Uh, <laughs> can't now, really this one is the egg? Or yes, this is the salted egg chicken. I, and I got to tell you, there's options for everybody. I had that I had that cauliflower yeah, fried cauliflower. Really like it was cauliflower. amazing. Yeah. What, was, what was that white bean dish that I was having? Yeah, it's our like butter bean salad. has like a lot of black vinegar and sesame oil in it. So people really like it. You know what? So, I feel like it's hard to impress people sometimes with chicken just because <laughs> oh, by they the taste way, it so many ways. To this has a serious this is amazing. Yeah. That's what I told you. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He forgot, he forgot to bring the water. All right, Chef, Chef Eric, thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Happy New Year to you. Right. Happy New Year. We're back with the third and fourth hour yeah, today. Messy. This is like good. This.